it's playoff time, and we're not getting the Packers. We're getting the Seahawks again. Are you worried about the 3-0? and I got all the information about the Seahawks, all the information about the AFC and NFC playoffs, lines, everything you need to know. Not Packers, but Seahawks. Let's go. Welcome in, Unleashed, Barrier Sports Talk with me. John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. It is Monday, January 9th, 2023. A ton to get to with all the playoffs. What time's everybody playing? The Seahawks, we all thought it was going to be the Packers. At least I did. We'll get into that conversation as well. We got the lines on the games. I got a recap on how dominant they've been against the Seahawks this year, which is good news, I think. Maybe you're worried about that whole 3-0 thing. Can you beat a team three times in an NFL season? Well, you can. That can be the odds on it, bunch of numbers, and pressure friends. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, of course, we're on the uh, podcast as well, so check us out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcast. YouTube channel, if you're watching there, we've got a bunch of graphics, so make sure that you hang out to, again, impress your friends with, a bunch of numbers that we'll give you as well as we get you ready for the Seahawks and the 49ers Saturday at 1.30. That's the time. I'm a little bit surprised by that. The first game of the NFL playoffs, certainly if it was going to be the Packers and Aaron Rodgers who could have gotten in by beating the Lions on Sunday night but did not, I would have thought that maybe the 49ers would have gotten one of the coveted Sunday or Monday nights. Of course, Tampa and uh, Dallas got the Monday nighter. I figured that would happen. Dallas always gets big numbers, and you're taking on Tom Brady. So we'll get into that conversation. Look at both sides of the bracket, numbers, all those different kind of things. So anyway, make sure that you subscribe. YouTube channel, all you got to do is search Unleashed. Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund. Interact anytime. Comment section on the YouTube channel would be great. Or hit me up at John Lund Radio on Twitter or Instagram. Any of those ways are the way. I love feedback. You don't have to agree with me. That's not the type of show it is. If you got a differing opinion, cool. I'd love to hear it. So check that out. And then remember, my day job, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. We will be all over this stuff all week long as far as the 49ers and the Seahawks at Levi Stadium on Saturday at 1.30, all of the other playoffs as well. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., KNBR 680 if you're in the Bay Area. If not, KNBR.com, you can stream us as well. So uh, before we get to the playoffs, all right, before we get to all the playoff talk and everybody wants to jump to the playoff talk, real quickly, a historic season for the 49ers, started 3-4, and four, ended up 13-4, and four, so 10 straight for the 49ers. Let me give you a few things here. Uh, The season ended, as I told you, on a 10-game winning streak. They are the 13th team in the Super Bowl era on a 10-plus game winning streak. You will not like this. Only three of the 12 teams who did this won the Super Bowl. The Patriots in 03, the Raiders in the 76 season with Stabler and the boys, and the Miami Dolphins that went undefeated. Only three of the 12 teams did that. But the 49ers can do it. Doesn't mean much, but I'm just telling you. 49ers led the NFL in turnover margin at plus 13. They went 4-0 against the Cardinals to do it. Philly uh, was uh, plus 9 going in. They ended up plus 8. The uh, Cowboys lost one of the – they were uh, plus 11 going into that thing. They led going into the final uh, game of the season. But the 49ers get plus 13 in the turnover margin, which is absolutely huge. Uh, Nick Bosa is going to be the defensive player of the year. Vegas took those odds off the board. 18 and a half sacks, he got one against the Cardinals, needed two to tie Alden Smith for 19 and a half sacks for the all-time 49ers record. Didn't get close to the 22 that Mike Strahan and T.J. Watt put up, but he was one short. That was the one he wanted. He wanted Alden Smith's record, so he's going to have to wait another year on that. Uh, Brock Purdy, 
who you love since taking over for Jimmy, leads the NFL in passing touchdowns with 13. They've scored 33 against Miami, 35 against Tampa, 21 against Seattle, 37 against Washington, 37 against Vegas, and 38 against the Cardinals on Sunday. 33.5 points per game with Brock Purdy at the controls for the 49ers. And finally, the 49ers defense ended up leading the NFL in points per game allowed at 16.5. So I just wanted to go through some things. 38-13 victory over Arizona. We quickly discard those, and then we just jump to the playoffs. But just want to acknowledge the fact that Kyle Shanahan, this entire staff, all these guys, a bunch of injuries early on early on in the season, and they end up 13-4 and in a 10-game winning streak in the hottest team in the NFL. Now, will he win coach of the year? It's not a coveted thing, I guess, like the MVP and everything. I think Kyle would like to win it, but he'd rather win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's really what you want. Uh, in the conversation for that, Nick Seriani of the Eagles, they ended up with the number one seed. Uh, Brian Dable of the uh, Giants is going to be in there because they hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time. And I would think Sean McDermott, just because at the end of the season, the way that he led the Bills with everything that was going on with the Bills from uh, the beginning of the season all the way through the DeMar Hamlin situation, he'll probably get a bunch of votes. I know I'm biased, but for Kyle Shanahan to be to his third quarterback and be able to do the things that he did, the NFL used a record 65 quarterbacks this season, and most of the teams look at Tennessee, Joshua Dobbs, look at what we saw in the last season, our last game against the Cardinals. They were going against, They had David Blau going. He was the fourth quarterback the Cardinals used. They were completely out of it. Skylar Thompson was the quarterback for Mike McDaniel in Miami. They couldn't score points. The New York Jets had three, four quarterbacks going on. They couldn't score points. In fact, I don't think they scored a touchdown in what the last three games. And yet Brock Purdy comes in and the 49ers get better with their third quarterback. And then that leads to a lot of people executive of the year. They want to give it to John Schneider of the Seahawks. They had a great recruiting cl- or a great draft class. They traded Russell Wilson, absolutely robbed Denver. There was a number of different guys. Again, John Lynch si- keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around. And if you're in the Bay Area, you know how much how difficult that was. Transitioning to Jimmy, transitioning to Purdy, who you drafted with pick 262. Shavarius Ward was absolutely great. Picking up to Sean Gibson, who had two interceptions against the Cardinals and actually allowed them because Gibson was so good at free safety to move Jimmy Ward into the slot when he was injured. Just a ton of injuries, got through everything, and I thought John Lynch did an absolutely amazing job. And, oh, by the way, traded for the most impactful player in a number of years at the deadline in getting Christian McCaffrey, who, look, give due credit to Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey was the one that changed that offense around, not only with what he did when he had the ball in his hands, whether it be catching it, throwing it like he did against the Rams, or, of course, running it, but the whole gravitational pull when McCaffrey's on the field allowed, I think, George Kittle to get seven of those 11 touchdowns while McCaffrey was with the 49ers, and it changed everything for George Kittle because you couldn't double Kittle anymore. Brandon Ayuk had his first 1,000-yard season. You couldn't pay as much attention to Brandon Ayuk. I think Christian McCaffrey did so many things, and that was a John Lynch production to get him. So I think John Lynch is the executive of the year. I'm biased, but when you win 10 in a row, when you get the second seed, when you win the NFC West, when you do, when you dealt with the things that they dealt with, Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo to Brock Purdy, and they might have Garoppolo for the playoffs to back up Purdy, uh, the type of things that 
John Lynch did. Oh, by the way, Debo wanted to get traded, and they kept him in the fold and signed him long-term. The front office doesn't allow any leaks. They keep things calm and cool. They look into every situation to make themselves better. They've done it from the beginning. And John Lynch, and look, the entire front office, but John Lynch is the face of the front office. I think he should win executive of the year. So I just wanted to get through a couple of things, give you a couple of numbers on the season, talk about Kyle as coach of the year, talk about John Lynch's executive of the year. I know we'll do that in the offseason, but I just want to acknowledge a 13-4 and season, which was tremendous, especially given all the controversy surrounding the 49ers. Now, as far as Seattle and the playoffs is concerned, let me throw some graphics up on the screen for you in just a second. But the 50th meeting all time between these two teams, only the second in the playoffs and the first time versus Seattle at home. We know what happened the first time they met. It was in the NFC Championship game. Richard Sherman, mediocre, mediocre, with uh, Michael Crabtree and everything that was going on there. So that was the first time they met. Now, you're asking yourself, and you're probably Googling this and trying to find this stat because it was the first thing I did when Green Bay didn't beat Detroit on Sunday night, and I completely expected uh, Detroit to roll over. I thought once Seattle won and Detroit was out of it, Dan Campbell was talking a big game. And by the way, he looked like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was so cold in Green Bay on Sunday night. But I thought he was talking trash, like, ah, we're going to be ready to play, whatever. And I just, I'm like, it's, no, you're not. It's it's human nature. But uh, give them a ton of credit. They were only 3-28. and playing in Wisconsin since 1991 with the Lions. Years ago, I worked in Detroit, did a morning show, and I know because I covered some of those games how bad Detroit was outclassed in Green Bay. But remember, they had Brett Favre, and they had Aaron Rodgers, and they were just much, much better. And so they hadn't fared well. Now it's 4-28, and and give Dan Campbell and the crew a ton of credit. A lot of people on my show on KNBR, we did a poll on Friday. Most people wanted to play the Seahawks, wanted nothing to do with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I feel the same way. Maybe to come back and bite you, but they dominated Seattle, and I'll put up some stats in a minute. But the thing you want to know about right now, the 3-0 and thing. Can you beat a team three times in a season? It's happened 23 times since the 1970 merger that a team has gone 2-0 and against another team, and then they met in the playoffs. The 2-0 and team, which is the 49ers in this case, 14-9 and in those 23 meetings, which is 61%. So the team going 2-0 and against the team and trying to win a third time is 61% successful. The bad news is the 49ers did that against the Rams in 2021. They went 2-0 in the regular season, lost the NFC Championship game. So, good side is 61% of the time, it works every time. But then, you know, Ron Burgundy. But then uh, they didn't do it last year when they had a chance against the Rams. They did lead that game. You know that. Uh, As far as the dominance for the 49ers over the Seahawks. I'm glad you asked. It was It's big time as far as the dominance is concerned. Uh, let me get to that graphic. I got it here somewhere. Where the heck is it? There you go. Uh, Seahawks 49ers numbers. Flash it on the screen there. 2-0, you know that. 48-20 to is the total score in favor of the 49ers. Yards, as you can see there, 754-493 to in favor of the 49ers. Rush yards, 359-106, to 49ers. Turnovers, and I just told you the 49ers led the NFL in that at plus 13. Turnover margin, 4-0. Four turnovers to nothing. Uh, the 49ers led that one. Offensive touchdowns, 5-1. to one. Remember, the Seahawks got their only touchdown at Levi's Stadium on a blocked field goal in which Michael Jackson, their corner, hee-hee, uh, picked it up and scored a touchdown. Noah Fant got a touchdown late in the game at Seattle to make it 21-13. 
just a couple of minutes left in that ball game. So, so the 49ers dominated 5-1 to one in offensive touchdowns. Yards per play, 49ers 5.8 to Seattle's 4.6. Third down conversions, 49ers were 12 of 28, and Seattle was 6 of 20. But uh, So there is the dominance that the 49ers had over the Seahawks during the uh, regular season. So that is the big story as far as uh, the Seahawks and the 49ers go. Before we move any further into that game, let me see. Do I have any more big numbers for you as far as the Seahawks and the 49ers? I think that's it. Uh, dominance. I mean, before we move on to the next graphic, dominance in every way. That's why I wanted to play Seattle. Remember, 27-7 to in week number two. And then week 15, 21-13, Seattle was respect, uh, respectable. I don't think they're going to be as much this time. I'll flash Before I flash up the wild card weekend, let me do this one instead. Here is the depth chart. And now, this was December 15th at Lumen Field in Seattle, as you can see in front of you. Uh, changes to that depth chart, not a ton. If you look at Seattle offensively, they're generally the same. Uh, Kenneth Walker there, as you see, uh, he's a big part of this whole thing. Geno Smith, not good in the two games against the Seahawks. In fact, he was leaking oil at the end of the season, if you didn't watch much Seahawks. He was great for a lot of the season. At the end, he wasn't as good. What made him great early in the season was he wasn't turning the football over a whole lot. Near the end of the season, Geno Smith not reverting back to completely old Geno, but certainly was turning the ball over more than the Seahawks would have liked. Uh, as far as the 49ers, as you can see on that graphic defensively, Kevin Givens is out now. Asan Ridgeway, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Flanagan Fowles uh, hurt his neck in this game. I'm not sure that he's going to play on Saturday against the 49ers. Now, and then offensively, obviously, as you see on that sheet, Jimmy Garoppolo, you see Aaron Banks. Aaron Banks is not going to play in this game. Now, as far as Seattle, though, this is where I think they're even going to struggle more defensively. Jordan Brooks, who is their defensive leader, number 56, young linebacker, nice linebacker at Texas Tech, he's out for the season. He's got a knee injury. Brian Monet, who's number 90, helps anchor their run defense along with Al uh, Woods. He is out for the season as well. And so I just I don't think they're playing as well uh, defensively. Now, they didn't play poorly. They didn't play awful against the Rams, but that was Baker Mayfield and no Cooper Cup. And So anyway, they slide into the playoffs, but as you look at that depth chart right there, that was from December 15th. There are some changes uh, in this whole thing, but in terms of just overall health, uh, the 49ers certainly are about as healthy as they are have they have been all season long. They beat Arizona 38-13, as you know. Debo comes back a little bit. Elijah Mitchell was very effective. Christian McCaffrey didn't show any uh, ill effects from that ankle. Other than that, they didn't have huge injuries. Aziz Alshire had an ankle injury in that game, so that's something to watch. And Dre Greenlaw should return in this game Saturday. Uh, I was told that if it was a playoff game against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, which it was not, but if it was a playoff game, he would play. This is a playoff game. Now I expect Dre Greenlaw to play. So, again, as healthy as they've been not all season, you know, at the beginning of the season, obviously he had Emmanuel Mosley. That could be the only injury to come back and bite him. But we're going to talk about that later on in the week. As far as wild card weekend is concerned, let me flash that up on the screen. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, and you should be watching on the YouTube channel, all you got to do is subscribe. All you got to do is go Unleashed Various Sports Talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco, and you can subscribe, and you'll know when everything. We do live chats every week, all that stuff. But uh, here you go. Wild card weekend Saturday, little surprise, but 49ers will host Seattle 1.30 on Saturday. That's That kicks everything off in a 2-7. Uh, the Chargers and Jacksonville, and I thought that would be a Saturday game because that sounds like a Thursday night game. 
So the Chargers at Jacksonville will be 5.15 p.m. On Saturday, you'll just be coming down from uh, all your tailgating. Sunday, great slate of games. Miami at Buffalo, 10 o'clock on Sunday. I would expect that Buffalo would settle down a little bit. They got two kick returns for touchdowns uh, by Naeem Hines, and it that was unbelievable as far as the DeMar uh, Hamlin story was concerned and that, that opening kickoff. I don't know if you saw it live. We were on the air. I'm watching the thing as I'm doing pregame for the 49ers, and I just broke right in. I'm like, I'm sorry. I know we're talking about the 49ers, but this is like a movie script. This is like the end of the documentary. Um, but I felt like maybe they just had so much emotion at kickoff that maybe they burned themselves out a little bit. New England stayed in that game for a while. I think Buffalo will settle down. And depending, Miami could stay in that game if Tua plays. But if it's Skylar Thompson again, I give Buffalo a huge, uh, huge number in that game. We'll get to the, uh, the lines in just a second, but I still think Buffalo wins either way. Giants at Minnesota, 49ers stay in the two seed, so that's the 3-6. I would imagine Minnesota wins that football game, but who knows? I don't think the Giants are that good, but it wouldn't shock me because Minnesota has been fraudulent all season long, barely winning games. They didn't barely beat the Bears, but most of the season, one-score games and their wins. Then Baltimore at Cincinnati, there would have been a controversy there had Baltimore won that game on Sunday. They didn't. Cincinnati looks really good. They're kind of the equivalent of what the 49ers are in the AFC. They've won a bunch of games in a row. They look really good in the top teams in the AFC. And this is going to be a dogfight at the top of the AFC. I really think the 49ers have a great chance to win the NFC. The AFC with Cincinnati at the three, Buffalo in the two, and Kansas City in the one. That's going to be a dogfight. Baltimore at Cincinnati, 5-15 on Sunday, as you can see. And again, for TV purposes, not that I think this is going to be an outstanding game, but it's Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. Cowboys equal ratings. Brady equals ratings. Monday night, Tampa Bay at Dallas, 5-15. So that's a hell of a wild card weekend. Did you notice, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, that I didn't put Super Wild Card Weekend? You added a Monday night game. It's Wild Card Weekend. Stop it. We don't need Super. We don't need Super on everything. It's an overused term. I don't know where it came from. Everything is Super. It's just Wild Card Weekend. Not bitter. Just saying. Tampa at Dallas, and that's the way it goes. As far as the lines are concerned, I'm going to start in the AFC. Uh, one and a half. The Chargers are favored at Jacksonville by one and a half. Jacksonville barely gets in the playoffs against Tennessee. I think the Chargers pull that upset off with Justin Herbert. Uh, Ravens at Bengals, and that's if Lamar starts, it's five and a half Bengals. If Tyler Huntley starts, it's eight and a half. And if Anthony Brown starts, it's ten. So you don't want a situation like the... Sorry, I'm still getting over the cough and the cold. You don't want a situation in which there has to be three different lines depending on your quarterback. And as you can see there in the graphic, if Lamar starts, it's five and a half. Huntley, eight and a half. And Anthony Brown, it's ten. Uh, either way, the Bengals are the hottest team in the AFC and should win. And then same kind of a thing here with the Dolphins and the Bills. If Tua starts, Bills are favored by seven. If Teddy Bridgewater starts, they're favored by ten. If Skylar Thompson starts, they're favored by 14. And that's the magic of what, and whether you want to give Kyle the credit, whether you want to give you know, Brock and Jimmy and the credit, they've used three different quarterbacks. And actually for the 49ers, every quarterback has been better than the other. So Jimmy was better than Trey Lance. Brock Purdy was better than Jimmy. Now, whatever you want to call that, that's pretty amazing. As far as the NFC lines are concerned, the Giants are a three-point underdog at the Vikings. And the Cowboys are a three-point favorite against the Buccaneers. By the way, that's on the road. 
So it's Dallas at the Bucks. Tampa won that bad NFC South, even though they're a sub-500 team. And sub-500 for the first time in Tom Brady's career, by the way, are the Buccaneers. Uh, they are uh, three-point underdogs at home. And then the Seahawks, and this is interesting. You see the scratch I put through the uh, Packers. Packers would have been seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. Seahawks open as 10-point underdogs to the 49ers. And I gave you those lines a little bit earlier, and so that's why uh, they just have not matched up against the uh, Seahawks or the uh, Seahawks have not matched up well against the 49ers uh, this season, and there you go. And then in terms of, let me give you one more graphic on the YouTube channel, in terms of favorites for the Super Bowl in Arizona, this is interesting. The Chiefs are at plus 330. Overall, they're the Super Bowl favorites. The Bills are plus 420, which makes me jealous. We should be plus 420, uh, the 49ers. But then you go over to the NFC, so the Chiefs and the Bills are the top two teams in the NFC. The favorite in the NFC, even over the Eagles, 49ers are plus 450, and the Eagles are plus 550. So the favorite in the NFC is the 49ers. Just wanted to point that out to you. Bengals are plus 800. Now you can go on down the line. You can look at that number. Longest shots in the NFC. Giants plus 6,000. Seahawks plus 5,000. You can see that there. That's from Caesar Sports. So that is your. Uh, those are your odds as far as everything that's going on is concerned. So I, did, I give you everything. Dominance, 49ers over the Seahawks. Depth chart gave you that. Uh, wild card weekend, I gave you the times for everything, and I gave you the lines for the AFC and the NFC, and we already did dominance. I already gave you the recap on the season for the 49ers. Yep, that is it, 38-13 over Arizona, and that was the final game on Sunday. So here's what we'll do. We'll keep you up to date on everything all week long. Just wanted to give you a quick preview of wild card weekend, Seahawks 49ers. I thought it was going to be Packers. Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done. By the way, I'm not like, I'm not reading into anything like everybody else. Aaron Rodgers has gotten in touch with himself. It is arm around uh, Randall Cobb as they left the field, and some people took that as, well, he took a long look around and he's leaving. Uh, Aaron Rodgers makes about $60 million next year. I just find it very difficult to believe, and he has a lot of money, and he addressed it in the postgame, said, look, I've made a ton of money. I appreciate the Packers allowing me to live this lifestyle. He's going to walk away from $60 million. People asked him if uh, he, you know, how long, how far they were away. You never know. You can make the right moves, the right trades, the right drafts. Look at what Seattle did with their draft. Look at what the Jets did with their draft. You just don't know how quickly you can turn things around. And if he does retire, the the Packers have something like a $99 million cap hit. I mean, it's outrageous because he signed that deal last year. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. I could be 100% wrong. I know nothing of Aaron Rodgers. I'm simply saying that that didn't look like that. Everybody was reading into that. I just didn't buy it. So there you go. Sorry, had a quick cough there. All right, that is Unleashed Barry's Sports Talk with me, John Lund, giving you a quick update from uh, KNBR. Tune in to my KNBR show tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll go over this with the voice of the 49ers, Greg Papa. Also, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search Unleashed Barry's Sports Talk with me, John Lund. Subscribe on the podcast as well. We do the podcast version of the show. Thank you so much for listening there. Subscribe or get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify. Interact with the show's comment section on YouTube. I'll get to the best ones and I'll put them on the show. And at John Lund Radio on Twitter and Instagram. It is Unleashed, various sports talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio, only on the Locked On Podcast Network.